did it. Fantastic. Push the shit out of that button. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that ruthlessly eviscerates horror classics like we have no damn shame. Because we don't. <laughs> that is an accurate thing. About shameless. Us. Uh, shameless. <laughs> Just kidding. I feel shame all the time. I'm Mary Kay, the one who feels the most shame. <laughs> I'm Mary. <laughs> Megan, probably the one that feels the least shame. Good for you, man. Good for you. Let's go ahead and look. This is a very special episode because it's Halloween. And? In the immortal words of Michael Scott, it is our birthday. (laughs) Yeah. We had to Google how to use Doth in a sentence just because we all learned it from Michael Scott. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I know this isn't right. I just don't actually know how it works. I'll link the definition in the show notes. Because this is about learning. Thank you. Yeah. And growing as P.S. <laughs> and expanding Absolutely. your vocabulary to include more swear words. Mm-hmm. It's about healing. <laughs> <laughs> Doth is our birthday. So naturally, for Halloween, we are discussing Halloween because subtlety is for suckers. We like to be real on the nose here. Mm-hmm. Very, very. Yeah. Is it obvious? Oh, yeah. I'm wearing that. <laughs> Does it look like I'm trying to have a cop ask me later if I was asking for it? Then, yeah, that's what I want to wear. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that's my problem. I think that's the cop's problem. I agree. Oh, my God, Mary. You've not been out of the town with me, Megan. Mary Kay has seen some of the nonsense shit I've worn. It's never nonsense. It looks amazing. I was going to say, it's probably not nonsense. You probably look incredible. It's true. I saw that cute picture of you eating barbecue with your little low-cut polka dot shirt on on Instagram. I thought that was the red dress. And maybe it wasn't polka dot, and in my head I just made it polka dot. Polka dots? What the hell is a polka dot? It definitely has the style that polka dots would be fit. Yes. Looked very pin-up-y. You had very pin-up-y boobs. Yeah, man. I keep forgetting that there still is some there, so I just like... I'm like free moving it all the time. (laughs) Well, comparatively, right? Right. I'm, I'm down by half. So then I saw that picture, and I immediately texted it to, like, half a dozen people, including the two of you, obviously, and was like, is this too much for the internet? Can I put this on Instagram, or will I be arrested? And me, with no shame, said, post them, titty girl, they look great. Yep. They did, though. We're going to post this for you guys as well. (laughs) This will also be in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) For all of our listeners out there who are really into softcore. It's not even like that. It's Mary eating barbecue in a hot dress. It's everyone's best dream. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mary, reel us in with the icebreaker. Reel us in. All right. So we are going to discuss what would be our on the nose slasher death if we were in a movie such as Halloween. Because you know, they all have to die in a like pointed way, in a way that like matches up to their particular brand of sinfulness and deserving of murder. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 So what would be your all-too-fitting slasher death? And Mary Kay said she, like, got it. You ready? Well, it took me a second, right? Because normally I hear an icebreaker and it's like, I go with my knee jerk. I go with my initial impulse. And this one, I didn't have one. So I was like, what do I do? And then one of my students asked several weeks ago, one of their role questions was, what's a good icebreaker question to ask on a horror movie podcast? Because I've abused my authority in that way. And by that, I just mean I work smarter, not harder. So exactly. um, one of them was like, what is the way that you would want to die in a horror movie? So I had to adapt that question, right? Mm-hmm. Which hopefully last week I asked it. We'll see. 
It's a real weird anachronistic position we're in right now because we're recording out of order. Yep. Yeah. But the horror movie like idea that I wanted to die in was I wanted to be the woman getting ready that King Kong like pulls out of her dressing room mm-hmm. and like shakes to death because <laughs> it's quick and she looks amazing. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. So the slasher thing that would happen to me is I sit in my car for too long when I get to a place and put my lipstick back on and then somehow like I get slashed. In the car. He was in the car all along. It's perfect. Yeah. The doors are locked, but somehow they get in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the on-the-nose yeah. way. That's perfect. Thank you. Mine is less glamorous, <laughs> but so real. <laughs> so what's going to happen is that I'm going to be on my couch watching Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Of course you are. <laughs> drinking alone with my animals. But I'll have had too much to drink. Like the other night when I couldn't find my Zyrtec. That was in the middle of the counter in the bathroom. <laughs> I hate it when that happens, though. And because it's because you need it, you can't see straight with the allergies. That's why you can't find yeah. it. Yeah. Right. That's definitely why I couldn't see it. Yeah, it wasn't the wine. Nothing to do with the wine. But what's going to happen is that the doorbell's going to ring, and I'm going to be like, oh my God, did I order takeout? I am so <laughs> smart. I did not order takeout. <laughs> and my drug ass is just going to open the door and be like, thank you so much. Come into my home. He's going to be looking down the barrel and be like, where's the pizza? That's going to be your last words. <laughs> well, the flaw in your theory is that I wouldn't have ordered pizza or even I thought I ordered pizza. If this if this person knows me, if they've been stalking me, then they would either bring... It's wings. Yeah, it would either be wings, tacos, or Chinese. Mm-hmm. So either I'm going to die with a chopstick to the throat. Ooh, nice. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I like that attention to detail there. Or like by having wings stuffed down my throat. Until I die. There's one way to go. What flavor wings are they? Lemon pepper, she said, always. Gotta be lemon pepper wet. Gotta be that. Yeah, yeah. Spicy lemon pepper if I can get it, yeah. Of course, yeah. Or if they do bring tacos, then it would just be hot sauce to the eyes slash the throat. Nice. These are all incredible. I love that you thought this out so well. This is all coming to me right now. I thought of all this right this time. I'm not even joking. I wrote the icebreaker and then did not actually have an answer for it. And then Mary Kay was talking and I was like, wow, I'm really glad this came to me right this second. I love it. We are recording already. What you got, Megan? All right. So you remember back when we, I think it was Devil's Candy, when we recorded Devil's Candy and you shared that little meme about how I wish that a ghost would square up? You were like, Megan wishes a ghost would square up, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm not minding my own business, provoking the spirits, wishing a ghost would square up. Spoiler alert, it's not a ghost, it's a serial killer, and I should have minded my own fucking business. That's what happened. Yeah, you're like giggling about the Ouija board, Mm -hmm. and then he comes up behind you and is like, bah-bah! Yep, exactly. He kills you with the, what's the cursor called? The planchet? Yeah, you just get bashed, you get bludgeoned with the planchet. That's how I want to go. I feel like in a more saw style, like more torture based element, he would like use it like a like a magnifying glass on an ant. Ooh. 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 That's good too. I thought he would make you spell out the way that you're gonna oh die. God, Mary Kay, stop it. With like a magnet under the table or some shit. <gasps> yeah. Somebody make this film. We should be writing horror movies. What are we doing? I know. Yeah. What if he just made you spell like I am a dumb slut ha ha? <laughs> <laughs> probably right now that there's a long history and tradition and blah 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 of the slasher film yeah. i feel like we could write a bomb one. Oh yeah <laughs> for sure but i had a much better time watching this than i thought i would i've always written slasher movies off as a thing that was either 
too scary or gory, like too much jump scare, too much blood. I just wouldn't like it. Or a thing that was like so dumb and tr- like dumb and trashy in a way that I wouldn't enjoy, which is, you know, <laughs> saying something. But <laughs> I actually, I, I watched, this is the first time I think that I've watched any movie for the podcast with friends. Oh yeah? That's cool. And it was fun. One of them had seen it before, one of them hadn't. But we had a good time. <laughs> like, I think part of it is that it is kind of fun, dumb, trashy. So having people to joke around with yeah. made it a really enjoyable experience, whereas I think if I'd just been sitting alone watching it, I wouldn't have really been scared, but I also couldn't have, like, had fun. Yeah. Goofed. Mm-hmm. I expected to like this more than I did. You respect it more than you respected Evil Dead? I know I should respect it more for being, like, one of the first of its genre, but... And I'm, I'm trying to be very mindful of that. It was not bad. Nothing was, like, you know, like, it... I understand what it is and what it meant at the time. I just, the whole time was like, I'm bored. I'm bored. Something happened. Someone needs to die. That's how I felt the entire time I watched Thoroughbreds. And then the climax happened and I yeah, was like, that I'm, makes I'm sense. still bored. Because you didn't even show me anything. I know. I felt like that one was better, more suspenseful to me. To me, personally. Yeah. We each felt this way about some movie. There was one of there was one movie that yeah. I felt like you hated perfume. You fucking hated perfume. <laughs> I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, and that's fine. And you had valid reasons for hating it. You know what was crazy? That was definitely one where it was like the stuff that was cool about. It. I feel like part of my animosity was the missed opportunity of it, of it all. Yeah, yeah. That the premise was so cool. But you had some great cast, and then there just kept being all these moments where I was like, "Why would you handle it that way?" Whereas <laughs> Something like this is definitely, like, low-budget. Yeah, $300,000 made in 20 days. He was only 30. Quick and dirty. Yeah, he did his best. He was only 30. See, being only 30 is a thing, Mary. Hold it together. Hold it together. What are you eating? What are you doing? Is that a chicken pot pie? She's having an existential crisis about her age as she shuffles a chicken pot pie into her mouth. And then, boom, (laughs) comfort food is just there. Man, that delivery guy does know you. This is actually... Um, or woman, delivery woman. Because women can be anything now. That's true. Um, it's actually a blackened salmon, fingerling potatoes, and green beans. Well, you think you're better than me? I think that my show opens this week. So I went to <laughs> H-E-B and I bought a bunch of those pre-made little dinners that I can just stick in the oven for 15 minutes. There you go. That's the way to do it. Self-care. Mary's show is open if you're listening to this, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it. If you're listening to this and you're in Austin, who are you? None of my friends here want to listen to me talk. If you're not in Austin, you still need to go see it. I demand all of our listeners to fly across the country and go see this show. And this and tonight is industry night, right? So that's when it gets real freaky. Yes. As this episode is released, tonight is going to be like costume party. It's just going to be a little bit rowdier than usual because... That's the show you want to go to. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's going to be all the theater people there tonight because their shows aren't happening tonight. Cool. So that should be gross. Theater kids fuck, am I right? What? Not in high school, we didn't know. No, I mean it figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) I was a theater kid. I know that. If you haven't seen it, you should dig up the SNL music video from when Lin-Manuel Miranda was on there. And they did the Crucible cast party. <gasps> Shut up. We gotta link that in the show notes. If you did theater in high school, you'll... Appreciate it. Die. So, for Halloween, we were talking about, like, first of a genre, and it's not bad. It's just, you know, how well is it aging? Because a lot of the tropes 
in the movie are now like commonplace or jokes or, or whatever, but right. how early on is this? Like how much of that existed before it? Well, not tons existed before this kind of was what put slashers on the map for sure. Mm -hmm. I think from what I, obviously it hasn't come out yet. By the time this episode comes out, it will have come out and I will have seen it. But the new Halloween, Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of digging Mm -hmm. into that. And I think the way that they are choosing to kind of stylize that and write that is going to kind of make this a little bit more timeless of a series, which I think is going to be really cool. Now, in that one, also, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, but she's not in most of the other movies, right? I know she's in this one, but... Yeah, she's not in all the other ones. It's not all, like, sequential, necessarily. It's the same general plot, but not with the same people. Gotcha. This one is completely, like, separate. It's not an exact... It's, like, 40 decades after the event, and... Mm -hmm. Or 40 decades. 40 decades? Four decades, 40 years. Mary Mary just spit her salmon and her fingerling potatoes out like a little pretentious-ass bitch back there. Bet you wish you were eating chicken pot pie now. That shit is heavy. Sticks to your ribs. Can't be spat out. No, I literally spat all over my keyboard and ruined my computer. Um, I'm just picturing this, like, 4,000-year-old, but still gorgeous Jamie Lee Curtis, like, presiding over this futuristic shit. Yeah, because she eats Activia, and so she's got all those probiotics and shit, and so she's doing great. (laughs) But but we're, like, so far in the future that Mike Myers is, like, killing people with his mind from inside a cryogenic chamber. Like, that's the horror in the future. Well, he can't be killed, according to this film, where he just, like, is magically there again. I've got it in the outline later and we'll kind of talk about it more, but he's not necessarily supposed to be a physical person in terms of the way like this movie was laid out. I mean, he is a physical person, but he's definitely a representation of something, which when this new film comes out is really going to drive that point home. I think. Mm. Okay. Cause we saw a human child and a literal human child. Mm-hmm. That is Mike Myers. Michael Myers, not Mike Myers, <laughs> not Austin Powers. <laughs> we don't know that. It's not clear that they're different people. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, he did get the mask ripped off at one point, and it was very clearly not Austin Powers under there. No. Well, technically, Mike Myers was an Austin Powers. So. Okay, so some more tropes in this movie. Yep. So theater kids apparently celibate, but not on purpose, I don't think. I think they were like everything but actual penetrative intercourse that sounds about right yeah it was a lot of talk no action a lot of talk and that's how i know that because i was i was like adjacent to the Mm. like i was in some (laughs) stuff i did some choreography but i wasn't like in in you know yeah in the click yeah but i do remember there was a lot of talk because drama because you know the theater of it anyway i have a real hard time believing the blonde dumb one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the blonde dumb one when she tells her boyfriend that was fantastic. No, it wasn't. Like, I, you could just see that it, it wasn't. Do you remember this part? I do. I can't remember her name. You're talking about Lori's best friend? The blonde one. Isn't the it? blonde one. Is that not? To Google! It doesn't matter. She's there for a second. She dies. You're right. Yeah. But you know, yeah, so this is something that's going to then happen constantly forever in every horror movie that... Slutty girls have to die. Mm-hmm. First, usually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course. Well, if the darker you are, plus sluttiness, there's like a direct correlation yes. between how soon you die in the slasher movie. I mean, this one's pretty white. Mm-hmm. Well, the entire movie is pretty white. That's what I mean. I know, but the girl who dies first is brunette. Okay, I get what so. you're saying. True. That's it. That's really the only distinction between them. Uh, yeah, my friend did comment, like, did, did you guys, like, is this how anyone else dressed when they were babysitting? 
when she like gets her clothes dirty so she's like running around in a giant button down like she's in a romantic comedy and she like the morning after at the dude's place <laughs> uh no why would you put on the button down some sweats maybe i know yeah i was like i don't I'm not entirely sure what's happening, but... I just feel like I don't identify with any of these characters, and they're not very... They they have no depth. Even Lori doesn't... Like, we just like her best because she's not stupid. She's not stupid. I love Lori. I think she's incredible. And it's funny that there's not tons of depth in the writing or the personalities of them because he's... Wes Craven, like, specifically brought in a woman to do all of the dialogue between the girls because you want it to be authentic. It's very bad. <laughs> it's very bad. I don't know. I mean, at times it felt authentic to me. Like when they were in the car with the joint, they were just like gossiping about boys and had like some quick wit. I thought that, I mean, there's times that I'm like, oh, this is cringy. But there's times that I'm like, I feel like that's how I talked to my friends too when I was in high school. Well, they make rape jokes to each other about each other. I just don't feel like that is very... I mean, I guess they're teenagers, so they don't really know how to be responsible, but... I feel like that was pretty typical of the popular girls at Union Grove High School. Okay, I wasn't among them, so I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I was only among them as, like, the goth scene kid that happened to also be a cheerleader in off-season. So I wasn't a part of their clique, but I was around them. That was a pretty common conversation, yeah. All right. Well, okay, so maybe it is well-written then, but I don't think we have... They talk about boys exclusively. They don't talk about anything else important, which I don't know about that. I just no. feel like that is maybe indicative of the time. But also, it that's one of the things when Mary asked earlier, like, does it stand the test of time? I, I was just like kind of not really disillusioned, but just kind of uninterested in what they were saying because... Because they won't care about it in a that's week and right. a half, you know? <laughs> like, right. And they're the ones that it affects the most. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's something that over time has changed for the better that young women on screen get to talk about multiple things. Like, do teenage girls talk about their love lives or lack thereof? Yes, of course. Women of all ages talk about their love lives or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. We also talked about a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to let that dominate because yeah, it's just kind of a surface level, easy to grab conflict, you know? Whereas a lot of the other stuff would require some sort of engagement or effort to really externalize or make cinematic or make meaningful. You also have an entire slasher film shoved into 90 minutes, essentially. So the dialogue when they're just hanging in the car, it just scratches the surface of this is very stereotypical conversation of teenage females. Let's not stray from this path. because Yeah, it's really telegraphing more than storytelling, right? Like, just going to make sure that when you walk away from the scene, you know that they are very stereotypical, that they are... Teenage girls. Yeah, they are typical teenagers that are female. I just, man, I just get disappointed when that happens because it's like... Oh, absolutely. You don't even need dialogue to do that. Like, I feel like you can do it in more clever ways than this. And so I get disappointed when, like, something that is super, super famous is less good than something that I can write. (laughs) You know? like That's fair. That's super fair. Frustrating. Also a little encouraging because then it's like, yeah. well, if this can make it, yeah. like, I shouldn't have any problems doing it. The one line <laughs> that I did identify with is when Lori's character says, guys think I'm too smart. I want all of our listeners to believe that it gets better, but yeah. that is not necessarily the case. Maybe your generation will be better. I hope that is definitely the case. But most of the time they're, yeah, they're stupid mm-hmm. and they think that they like that. Really, they they don't. Yeah. 
Okay, so we look at these characters like they're adults because they're in charge, but they're really just sexually active children because they're 16. But Lori is the one who, like, trusts her own instincts. Like, she's the only one who does that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we identify with her because we think that she deserves to survive because she is so observant. Well, and that's, so that's the kids versus adults point, right? Yeah. Is that innocence allows you to recognize Myers for what he is and see what's happening for what's really happening. And all the characters that are very grown so that they're like running around having sex, not paying attention to the world around them and all self-involved. And the adults who are like mostly absent or in denial about what's happening. So like Lori is kind of more affiliated with the little kids who can actually see him and are like, why is that man being terrified? Look at him. (laughs) It seems bizarre to me that in so many of these movies, there is some guy, it's always an older white dude who's like, yeah, but like in Jaws where the mayor's like, yes, but the season or in this movie, the, every town, they literally say every town has something like this happen. No, they don't. But you know, it is kind of the Why? case. Because men are terrible and no one will hold them accountable. Actually, what I mean is that no one whose opinion they value will hold them accountable. Actually, what I mean was that other men won't hold them accountable, except maybe the medical professional, but even he fails. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Be better. Did y'all see that tweet of that girl? She said she feels like men really aren't sending us their best people. Did y'all see that? Yeah, they aren't. Yeah, y'all, I mean, here's the thing, right? We know it's not all men, but the ones that are not that way, can you be a little more vocal? Because if you're doing nothing, it's just kind of enabling the same terrible people to do the same terrible shit. Yes. Yes. So it also makes you really stand out, and that is good. Mm -hmm. Yes. So please and thank you on behalf of two-thirds of the population of the world. (laughs) Yeah. We appreciate you. Thank you. If you don't suck, you're the best. There's really, it's, there's no, there's no like in between, right? <laughs> you're either the worst or the best. Oh my so. God. It must be so strange to be a man. Men who listen to this podcast, all seven of you, <laughs> let us know what you think about. We know we've driven the rest away. When, what do you think about this? Yeah. Jack, Charles, and Andrew, what do you think of this? <laughs> And Connor. What about Ben? Oh, and Ben. There we go. Connor listens because we pay him. Let's be honest. Okay, but he still <laughs> listens. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> yeah, that's what the money is for. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So everyone that I just said, if y'all are not in the everything trying to kill you group with a valid opinion, I'm going to mail animal poop to your porch. <laughs> I feel like if they don't agree with us, they're not listening. You're going to mail it? Yeah, you can go online and you can order, like, bags of animal poop to a lot of people's sports. I am in the wrong line of work. (laughs) (laughs) Mary, you work at an animal shelter. You could be making Oh my gosh, Mary, you could be making so much money. I'm switching it up. I'm going to start selling animal poop and used panties online. Oh my god. I'm gonna sell used socks. What'd you just say, Mary Kay? Used socks. Gross. Is there a market for that? Yeah, my mom, you know how she goes down these wormholes on eBay, right? One time I was over and she goes, Mary Kay, look at this nasty shit. People are buying used dirty socks. And she made this face like this. And she goes, mmm. <laughs> she says all the time. Did you see on eBay that you can buy farts in a jar? I'm not going to buy a fart in a jar. I can make my own. I'm just letting you know that there are people on the internet that are going to eBay and buying jars that people have 
farted in. I'm in the wrong business. I have a master's degree. What a waste of my time. Buying the fart or making the fart? Both. (laughs) The other day, my boyfriend was like, I'm going to go get coffee. I'll be right back. And I was like, cool. While you're gone, I'm going to fart a lot. Now, look, y'all scared away our seven male listeners because girls aren't supposed to fart because they're dumb and they think these things. And now we've scared them away because we've given away our secrets. Have you ever had the experience that you have a color for the night and your body does such a good job of holding it the fuck together that you not only don't fart the entire time, you also, like, don't <laughs> shit for, like, a day and a half after. Oh God, Like, man. your body was just, like... Compressing it into a diamond or something. (laughs) There was a thread on Facebook, and I don't even know. It was a My Favorite Murder subgroup Mm -hmm. about the links that girls go to when they're over at, like, their boyfriend's house. So, like, the guy they're trying to date's house. Like, the links that they'll go to, like, what sketchy ways will they fart so they won't know. People were like, dude, I go in the bathroom with fart in his hand towels. And I was like, oh, my God. water and the vent yeah anytime you're in the bathroom i do that every time i go to the bathroom if somebody's over oh i always run the water because i have pee anxiety i physically cannot pee if somebody can hear me yeah i got stage fright when i was swimming with sharks that time i couldn't pee (laughs) that was real frustrating i didn't think i had anything like that until my recent diamond shitting experience and was like oh Oh okay well you're pretty basic bitch you remember that time that we thought this episode was going to be short <laughs> and we got on a 30 minute tangent about farts? <laughs> That's because I don't have very much to say about this movie. But we all have a lot to say about farts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> that stands the test of time. Unlike Halloween. It's a universal experience. <laughs> Holding in your fart for a significant other is a very universal experience. Okay. Not if you fart in his hand towels, Mary Kay. I really wanted to end that sentence if if you fart in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> like you have it. Come on. Oh, I've definitely done it. Definitely, absolutely, yes. And then they lied to me about it the next morning. Farted in somebody's hand? Yeah, like the hand was... Various body parts, what? like when I was asleep. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then the next morning I was like, did I fart on you? And they're like, no, because they were embarrassed that I farted in my sleep. <laughs> and that's how you win. That's a brain ninja oh move. <laughs> Let's talk about Halloween, should we? Real quick, though, to the surely many and brilliant and stunningly handsome men I will date in my future, you need to go drink half a bottle of whiskey and erase this from your brain. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast, though. So about Halloween. (laughs) Um, Speaking of farts, Mm -hmm. it was pretty cheesy. Yo! (laughs) (laughs) But it's cheesy in a lovable way. I I really did have fun. And I I think going into it knowing, like, it's a 70s slasher, it is of a time, there's going to be tits of misogyny, like, you're going to have to, like, buckle down and have the experience. I Question. Did you say tits and misogyny or tits of misogyny? Like tits <laughs> as in a term of measurement, like buckets. Tits 
Like there was tits of misogyny. Like there was buckets of misogyny because I heard tits I said of misogyny. Tits and misogyny because there can be tits they that will. are not misogynistic. Like there can be there can be naturally occurring free range grass fed tits. Okay, I just thought you were using free tits range. as a measurement of quantity. I could. I'll look for a way to do that. Like a bushel. Yeah, a bushel and a peck. <laughs> yes. Hey. You get it because it's a peck and it's. Yep. I thought you were making a 70s bush joke along with a peck joke. That's where I thought you were going with this. I'm sorry. If that's not what we were going on, what about Laura's survival tactics? What about? Uh, turtleneck, apparently. Turtleneck and tights. <laughs> I think that's what saved her. You're probably right. She's wearing so much clothing. So I was watching with a couple friends, and the guy was like, man, that outfit, like, she is already dressed like a grandma. How does she look so much hotter now in an activity commercial <laughs> than she does in this movie? She does. She looks amazing now. Yeah, and the, friend that was, the other friend that was there was like, I would totally wear that right now. Like what she's wearing, I would wear that. But she's also like a very foxy blonde, like Brooklyn hipster who pulls that off. Yeah. So it looks super cute on her. Yeah. yeah she could yeah. pull it off. Like I, if I want to look hot, I got to dress like Jamie Lee Curtis now. Same. We used to have the same haircut. Does that count? Yes. That counts. I love that haircut. No, she, the thing is she is smart. And I think something that impressed me watching for the first time it was the way she interacted with the kids in the crisis. Mm-hmm. I think that's where she sticks with you, even if she had it up until that moment. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, you've always wondered. You always wonder, like, what would you do if there were if something really happened, like if shit mm-hmm. hit the fan, if someone you loved were about to be seriously hurt or you were going to be hurt. What would you do? Yeah, she doesn't panic. She's yeah. good. It wasn't until I worked in mental health that I realized, like, I don't know what I do in a lot of other situations or what I would have done before now, but when it comes to those kids, because I did like, run towards someone who was swinging a cast iron frying pan at my head. Like, I, I did. To protect somebody else. Yeah, like, I, I, I would do it. If there were a zombie apocalypse and we saw the horde moving this way, I would put my body between myself and the kids. Mm-hmm. I would lure them away so the kids could run. Like, I, I, I knew I would do that. So watching that moment was really, like... But you didn't know that you would do that when you were 16. No, and that's, that's why that was such a, like, yeah. badass, like, beautiful, powerful thing. And the... She wasn't impractical about it either. It's not because she was like, just run! Ah! Like, no, no, no. She like... Yeah. She was calm and she was detail-oriented. She told him exactly, exactly what, to, what do. to do. And she was really firm with them. Like, she went full mm-hmm. on, like, you listen to me right now. Like, you do exactly as I'm telling you. And I was just... That was a touching moment in the midst of this, like... Slasher. Otherwise not very touching thing that's happened to me. You're right. So, that little girl, Lindsay, man. I don't even know where to begin. She's so little. <laughs> And oblivious and boy crazy already. I don't know. Yep. Lindsay. Lindsay, honey, get your shit together. Pour one out for Lindsay real quick, everybody. Pour it into my salmon tray. Oh my god. (laughs) So I was hoping it would fit better here with Lori's survival tactics. With like Michael's representation across the franchise. And so we kind of talked a little bit earlier about like misogyny and all those things. And it probably would have fit better up there but hindsight's 2020 fuck it but from what i understand of michael and where he fits in this new film it kind of seems like they're trying to make the original film kind of have a point and make sense and that michael is more of like a physical manifestation of the idea of like how trauma follows women and it's relentless and it can be 40 years later and you still be affected by it and didn't even have to happen to you yeah Mm -hmm. that is ooh. I wasn't excited about the new one because I'd never seen this one. Then I saw this one and thought, that could be cool. And now I'm... Now you definitely need to go see it. I'm intrigued, yeah. I'm curious to see how they do that. Because I definitely... 
I think it's a strong premise to work from. Yeah, it's apparently this film that they made sense out of it, and then Jamie Lee Curtis got a lot of input in how it's done, and it's just, like, pumped up some of, like, the feminism, but, like, not in a cheesy way, like, trying to make an all-females Ghostbuster. Hey, I enjoyed that. I'm not saying it's not good. I just feel like it's done in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's apples and oranges. Yeah. I did. I'm not going to lie. I got clumped when Kate McKinnon was just mowing down ghosts. It was super cool. And I was like, I didn't realize that I hadn't <laughs> seen enough of this until I was seeing it. That, that's how it keeps happening with representation, right? When you actually see mm-hmm. something that matters to you that you haven't gotten a chance. Like you didn't know you were missing until you had it. Yeah. I'm excited for this new Aladdin movie oh my God. for that very reason. Yes. Yes. Um, Same. Jafar is could get it. Beautiful. Yes. That's confusing to me. Well, yeah. Not to Mary though. Yeah. Okay. Very funny. I don't know <laughs> how Mary feels about Jafar. It's fine. It's fine. Mary loves Jafar. Oh, God. Ooh, Mary and Jafar sitting in a tree. K I S S I N G. What do you want from me? <laughs> it's okay i loved kokoum so oh sam yeah. he was one of my first crushes he had bear paw tats on his chest and that side <laughs> fohawk like mohawk thing happening did you see how he just never smiled Ooh, i like that yeah i like it when a man can't emote <laughs> what i'm looking for is a man who responds to all of my jokes as if i have insulted his family <laughs> I was that's the opposite. I was just joking. I like I don't Actually I do kinda I kinda oh like a stoic man because then if I do make him laugh. You really earned it. Yes. That's true. You know that you've yeah. earned it. But I don't. I need a lot of validation. So the goofier yeah. you are when you laugh, the better for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of a stoic man, uh, how's that segue mm-hmm. to Michael Myers? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> well, I think, so here's a, a fun inversion. Usually point of view camera work is, is mm-hmm. kind of the intent of aligning you with the character. Kind of humanizes them a bit. I feel like in this case, mm-hmm. it just makes everything seem weirder because like I'm taken for a ride with you, like being on a roller coaster, but everything you're doing is terrible. It's like being in one of those VRs. It's so creepy. Stop watching this. Why are you doing any of this? And then when it bopped out of the point of view and I was like, I was a child? Oh, I hate that. Mm. Everything is uncomfortable. Real quick, Mary has an oven mitt on the sofa behind her. I just needed everyone to know that. Why the hell is that there? Is that because you took your salmon and fingerling potatoes out of the oven? I did. And then when you were making fun of my Jafar situation, (laughs) I needed to do something productive with my life to feel better about myself. So I fixed it up like it was a little inside out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I didn't notice it before. (laughs) Oh my God. It's it's great eggs and ham. My mother gave it to me some time ago because I had that book memorized at a very young age and uh, apparently it was really annoying of me. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, I bet it was really cute. Now it's a cute memory, but at the time, I'm pretty sure I broke her brain. Yeah, probably. Oh my gosh. This episode is tangent. It's fine. We didn't have really anything to say. New. We said very smart quips and then talked about farts and then said smart <laughs> quips and then made fun of Mary's taste in men and oven mitts and then said some more smart shit and did bad segues. Like, that's a textbook everything trying to kill you episode. I have a boyfriend by the time this comes out. I'm just going to nuke the episode. I swear. I can't know about my, <laughs> oh my gosh. and my Jafars and my salmon. 
Jafart. 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 Speaking of nukes and death, death scenes, what did you have to say about that, Mary? About them. Tell me all about them. <laughs> Actually, this, I think the exact thing that I expected us to talk about was something you brought up really early on, which was the sexualized nature of the, the death scenes. I had a couple moments of like, well, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be feeling about this, but I don't think this was made for me to be feeling it. Nope. <laughs> Someone else would like it more. What does work? And this does work universally because I did not realize that this music was attached to this movie until some time mm-hmm. after I first heard it. The music is straight up scary. Yeah, like, it do, is. Do, 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 do. Like, it's just good. Everything in a five, eight time signature is fucking scary. Hmm. Yeah, and well, it unsettles. Like, it doesn't lilt back like a wall. You can't follow it. It's hard to follow it. Mm-hmm. You can't predict the pattern. You can't kind of make sense of it. Like, you know the song. But as far as, like, finding the beat within each little, like, staff, your brain can't really figure it out. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't turn over. It's not By even. By the time it evens out to you, yeah. it has to have, have gone so long. It, it, it just feels disjointed. You know what else is, uh, it's a uh, Mission Impossible. Dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's anticipation. Suspense. You're always about to go over a cliff, about to go over a cliff. Yes. It's really just good. And I feel like if you took it away... The movie would be much funnier than it is. Yeah, that's probably right. Which is true of so many horror movies. Music is a tool. We should use it. I don't think it's fair to be like, it wouldn't be scary without the music. Like, that's, that's why we're doing it. But it adds to the environment. The environment is what makes the movie scary. I do think, yes, your visual storytelling should, should be doing heavy lifting. If the movie doesn't mm-hmm. work at all without the music, then it's probably not great. Yeah. We talked about this with Jaws, that... At a certain point, if the music is very good, mm-hmm. it becomes iconic. It's hard to it's hard to even imagine. Yeah. His dad was a musician and kind of like taught him a lot of things about music. And the five eight time signature was something that his dad utilized a lot as a musician. And so that's kind of where it stuck with him. And then he utilized it for this same song, which kind of was a little nod to that. It mostly, however, just reminds me of Foyate's on high school dance team. So I think it was after you left Dance Team Mary Kay, we had a competition routine that was to nothing but like horror movie theme songs. I don't know who chose that. It wasn't me, surprisingly, but it was literal perfection. And the Halloween theme song opened it. And it was just like me and Liz Nace and I think like one other girl that it started with like everybody on the ground and just us three like doing foyetes in the beginning. And I dare you to try to do a series of foyetes in a five eight time signature because it's <laughs> believe it. It sounds awesome though. Just in case anybody wanted to know, I'll find that footage for you. And yes, let's definitely do that. Okay. Let's also link the little girl in the Halloween decoration section. Just like getting it. Oh my gosh, my future child. If that's not my future child, I don't want her. I'm sending her back. That's so cute. Be like, get out of here. Come back when you're cool. <laughs> I will play that clip for your child yep. regularly. Absolutely. And be like, did you hear what she said? And it'll be fine because my child's going to be awesome. See how easy it would be to lose everything. <laughs> and just torment her. <laughs> I would never do that. Do it. I dare you. Keep her on the straight and narrow. I'm going to play the clip for your child and be like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Because you're going to go to the Halloween store and your mom's not going to know we talked about this. And you're going to be like, I'm just really like Christmas. And you're going to be like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Get out. And then I'm going to be in the background like, 
high five and a million angels and she's gonna like you're gonna be wondering why you keep finding like candy under her and bed. then when i kick her out she's gonna go to aunt mary's house to live yeah, yeah that's fine i would be a tia or a tante but sure. what a scary thought so is this movie scary <laughs> i think yes I think there are aspects of it that are super scary. The movie itself might be hard to immerse yourself in and be scared by the movie, but it's definitely of a scary topic, of scary scenarios. Like, if you take out some of the 70s cheesiness and put yourself into all the different, like, killings or deaths, it's definitely scary. Also, if I saw a man slowly sidestep into a bush in, like, an old, like, Richard Nixon mask that's been spray-painted white, I would also be terrified. (laughs) I saw Richard Nixon. (laughs) I would be terrified. I feel like the stalking is the scariest part of this, but especially because there's no mm-hmm, reason yeah. for him to stalk her. Like it kind of happens out of nowhere. And that's a really scary thing. Yeah. Just in general, like the concept of being stalked. Yeah. And yet I feel like most women can identify with it. At least it's to some degree so that it's not. Absolutely. A foreign fear, which makes it mm-hmm. either scarier or kind of like, less sympathetic to her because she should know how to act because it should have happened to her. She's 16 Mm -hmm. already. So there's that. I think there's also something that's uncomfortable about it being a guy in Halloween costume on Halloween. There's always something like every time I go to large events or parades or anything like that, I'm always like something super creepy Mm -hmm. could happen at this everyday mundane event. Like when we went to Beyonce together and it was just like, it was so packed and I was like, Oh my gosh. Because I think right before that, there was a bunch of, like, those crazy, like, Mm -hmm. the concert bombing happened in Paris and all that. And I'm like, dude, like, if something like that happened, I was like, how are we getting out of here? So, like, those thoughts are always, like, creepily popping into my head. And I think there's a reason that a lot of kids are afraid of, like, masked costumes. You know, like, the Chuck E. Cheese people. Because, like, you don't know what's in there. Like, is it just your friendly neighbor, Bob? Like, or is it a serial killer? I've told you guys about my horrifying experience with Patrick Starfish. Yeah, kind of. I think you did. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think you have. Uh, King's Dominion, whoever was in the Patrick Starfish suit, had a really mistaken idea about how much physical contact was appropriate with a 16-year-old girl. Oh, no. And would not, like, physically would not, like, would not let me go. Yeah. Like, was, like, hugging me and, like, wouldn't stop and, like, moving That's his hands around. That's super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I stopped. Like, you're just trying to enjoy a fun, regular, like, everyday event. Definitely stopped watching Spongebob altogether. That sounds terrible. It's fair. Yeah, no, it was... Definitely disturbing. So I, I, I actually like I wrote a thesis in school on carnival performance and masquerade performance and the way we use these, we create and then use these liminal spaces, right? Yeah. That we set aside this day as sacrosanct, where things aren't real. Like we all just agree to suspend. Top C Tur V. Remember that? Yes, ex- that's exactly yes. So like Halloween, uh, carnival, or Mardi Gras. Yeah. These like communal events where we all go into the space and all of the mm-hmm. rules are different for this day, for this moment. And it's that communal buy-in that makes for some incredible magic, but also for... You're counting on everybody to follow these new rules. You're counting on everyone to follow the new rules, and you're also counting on the fact that when you wake up tomorrow... It goes back to normal. Back to the old ones. And even so, because it is such a temporary thing, but there can be permanent consequences yeah. for the things you mm-hmm. do in this temporary space... That's why those those holidays, those events tend to be something sort of unsettling or wild or have that feeling of mm-hmm. of chaos. Because, sure, I can fuck whoever I want on Halloween. 
I might have a child nine months later. I can fuck whoever I want on Halloween. The rules were off for one night. Oh I just, it can have permanent consequences yeah. for me and for other people. So whoever is behind the mask, you're going to have to look yeah. at them tomorrow. Yeah. And I feel like whenever we do actually get to see his face, it's like scarier than the mask. You know, because mm-hmm. you expect it like to like the mask come off, like, you know, the Scooby-Doo unveiling. Right. And it's like, oh, it's this guy we met in the first scene. Yeah. And it's like not that kid anymore. Like something happened where it doesn't go back. Which is the, which is the perversion of the liminal, the, the liminal holiday. Right. Mm-hmm. The carnival space is that everything's supposed to be temporary. It's a moment we all agreed on. And if he has been permanently altered, if there's something that broke and doesn't mm-hmm. go back for him, then that broke the rules and the agreement. Yeah. The last thing is, I think we already kind of talked about it, but the killer won't die. Like, no matter how many times you kill him. What's that about? Yeah. Well, he is supposed to be, and it kind of explains it a little bit more as, like, the series goes on. He is kind of physically immortal in a way, but I think that's what they're trying to tie together and make an actual Mm -hmm. reason behind it with the new film. Versus before, it was just like, this is kind of creepy, and we can obviously make shit tons of money with this character. Let's keep him alive. And now they're just like, this is kind of what he's supposed to represent. And this is why Mm -hmm. he won't die. Okay. What's our closing question? Okay. So we talked about how we would probably die in a slasher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How would you want to survive the slasher? Mm. If you were the last one standing, how would you want that to look? I don't know. I feel like I want to go Lori style and take a hanger, unwind it and shove it in his eye. Because that was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. incredible. Weapons of opportunity. That's how you survive. Mm-hmm. Then he dropped his knife and she got it and jabbed it into his abdomen. It was like, if you do not leave my face. What about you, Mary? If I were to survive the one that we previously discussed, in which the slasher brings me take out when I'm wasted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the way I actually survived that is that he comes in and is trying to kill me and the dog kills him. Yeah. As you sit there clueless on your floor, like at your coffee table, just like shoveling lo mein into your mouth. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And chaos is happening behind you and you're like, whoa. Like I'm facing the opposite direction from the TV. Like I love the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just happening behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm watching it, but I just think I'm watching the TV. Oh, you think it's a TV show. Okay. That too. Yeah. I have a hard time with my decisions, no matter how sound they actually are in the moment. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I do not want to kill anyone, even in a self-defense situation, because I would second guess it the rest of my life. Yeah. So if I am in my car too long and put it on my lipstick and then somebody is coming in through the driver's side window, I would like for him to not be wearing reflective clothing and another car sideswipe him, come in the opposite (laughs) direction. Rip him in half. That's how I survive <laughs> the slasher. Chance and bad driving. And in Atlanta, that's not unlikely. So It's possible. Yeah, the chance is just good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Megan, what are we doing next? Oh my gosh. Up next, we have another full episode. So no more mini episodes. Full episode on the Amityville Horror. Ooh. Because I decided Mary Kay did not get enough of her trifecta <laughs> of evil shit she can't handle with the omen. And we're going to delve more into demons excellent i'm really excited but it's more ghost demons right 
No, it's demon demons. Like, oh, the okay. priest tries to walk into the house and starts, like, bleeding from his eyes and vomiting profusely. Oh, spoilers, god damn Come it. On. You're gonna find out literally in three seconds. So, like, no, it's demon demons. And that happens on November 9th. Isn't it 9th? Yes, November 9th. That is the day after my birthday. Everybody sends so me it's presents. Megan's birthday Yay. episode. Yay! Oh my god, wait, do I have a birthday episode? Because we're a month apart. Probably not, because you're not as cool as me. But okay. I mean... Well, we can discuss that at a later date. <laughs> uh, oh hold on here. My God, Mary's doing episode math to see if she gets a birthday episode. With a dumb grin on her face as she looks at her calendar. Birthday episode. And I think it's your pick, too. Oh, my God. I'm going to pick something that you guys hate. No gremlins, Mary. We're not doing gremlins. I didn't say. Did I tell you all the other day I hallucinated a gremlin on the sidewalk? I was just walking and it was like twilight. So there were like long shadows and it was like a series of pipes with one of those meters on the top. And I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I was like, (laughs) that's a gremlin. No, it's not. Looks like one though. You should probably check it out. And then I turned and I was like, it wasn't a gremlin, you dumbass. And then I was walking with Charles and I was like, let me tell you about this thing I just hallucinated. And he was like, I miss you so much. That's how that conversation went. If that's lame, Connor, you can cut that story. I was just kind of buying time before. No, leave it. I want it. I love it. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please, if you haven't already, rate and review us on iTunes because that's how we get other people to listen. Also, tell your friends if you like this podcast because the more feedback we get from it, the more encouraged we are, the better jokes we make. So, talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. If you're my boyfriend now, please go eternal sunshine yourself. Bye. <laughs>